So as we're starting this recording, um, I get a notification that Chuck Norris is the manliest man ever. <laughs> so, um, Tony, you are the essence of masculinity. Uh, you agree with that? I do. I do model my profile. Like again, this beard alone—it's not—it's not a simple thing. Like, there's an origin story, and I think it starts with Chuck Norris. So I do. I do believe that that is his true statement. So yeah. Okay. Well, we have uh, our guest, special guest with us. Uh, one of our special guests this week, but you know, he's our P- one of our PGM cousins, stepbrothers. <laughs> He's in the family. It is Evan Moore. He actually kind of looks like Chuck Norris a little. <laughs> uh, Evan, who who would you say is like the manliest man ever? Well, you know, it, it is it is hard to argue with Chuck Norris, you know. But like, you know, it's there's a lot of, there's a lot of competition, you know, a lot of competition for that. So, like, you know, and I, but it's hard to argue Chuck. It's hard to argue Chuck because. You know, that image and, you know, does anyone want to fuck with Chuck? No, you don't want to fuck with Chuck, man. <laughs> you don't, don't want to fuck with Chuck. You know, if, if I had a vote, if I have a vote and you guys, you guys know me, I am, um, I am the proprietor of the patriarchy, um, born rebel, a.k.a. Zen. I'm, uh, I'm going with Lawrence Taylor because you know why? He would beat the shit out of you, and he had a swinging <laughs> earring. He had a swinging <laughs> earring. Uh, Lawrence Taylor would fuck you up while his earring was dangling, and you couldn't do anything about it. And you would never comment on the earring because the only thing he's going to do is fuck you up uh, more. So, um, yeah, shout out to Joe Theismann. But, hey, shout out to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's not nice. Wow. That is not nice. That's not nice. But, hey, well, you know what is nice is that you are listening to us. It is episode eight of Meeting of the Gold Mines. I got my PGM brother, Mr. Tony, a.k.a. Bald Mojito, at Bald Mojito. And, Tony, we got some news. But we're making progress with so many things. The Super Mojito... Funko Pop is on its way. It is a real thing, folks. I would say by the time we get to episode nine, you will see some pictures of it. Um, Like it's a real thing. It's it's literally a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if you're looking at, if you're, if Tony just switched it, but if uh, you're looking at, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see his profile picture. Tony will have his own um, Funko Pop. It's in the mail, folks. Don't steal it. DHL, do your job. Or DHS. Yeah, DHS, do your job. It will be there soon. Yeah. So Tony is uh, is our modern-day superhero. Um, and as I said earlier, we got one of our brothers, Evan Moore. He is contributing writer for Late Night Lake Show. Last week we had Guru, uh, Lakers Guru from Late Night Lake Show. Um, shout out to Late Night Lake Show uh, for everything that they do. 
Um, they are definitely kicking ass in this game, and uh, we always appreciate them being uh, so gracious. And, um, yeah, we root for the same squad. We may do things differently, but you know what? We're all uh, supporting each other. Um, So, absolutely. Um, Evan, how are you doing this week, man? How's everything been? Um, What, we're, you know, this... It's uh, about to be September. That means next month, yep. October, season's coming. How's everything with you? Getting close, man. Doing good. Doing good. Getting excited, man. Like, I'm really looking forward to this year. Like, you know, all the stars are aligned. And, like, you know, we, we got the announcement of the Kobe statue getting unveiled. You know, like, I, I'm, like, I'm super stoked for this season. Like, I'm doing great, man. You, you know what? Absolutely. You know, this past week, um, it was definitely Kobe week. And uh, those of uh, who've been following us on Twitter and um, also listening to the podcast, you know, we've been doing this month of Mamba um, tribute to Kobe being Bryant. This past week was definitely um, special because the 23rd would have been his 45th birthday. And then the day after 824, um, the numbers he wore in his career um it's known as kobe bryant day mamba day and it was uh it was cool i think uh we watched the uh, the kobe bryant uh muse documentary uh in our playback channel and just his competitive fire just how he his dedication to his craft um Look, I don't think we're going to see another a person as competitive as Kobe. It, that person's not in the league right now. I don't want to speak in absolutes and say it will never happen, but, you know, pardon the poor, poor choice, choice of words, but I think that level of competitiveness died with Kobe. It's just not there. Um, that's that's Evan. What you shit, Evan? What's your thoughts? I absolutely agree. Like, you know, I I I can't think of anybody who's at that level who you know just wants it, wants the smoke that much. Like, you know, there are guys that will you know go after it, you know, here and there, but like, no, nobody who wants it every goddamn night like Kobe did. You know, like, you know, like I heard someone try and compare um, Jimmy Butler to, you know, the, the as the most current um, example of Kobe and Kobe's mentality. And I'm like, no, it's it's not close. Like, you know, Jimmy is amazing in the playoffs, but like he's not every night looking to just destroy you like, you know, Kobe, like. It didn't matter every night, like every single night. Like, so there, there's nobody that's like that tonight. Like, I mean, LeBron still takes time off. You know, Steph does take some times off too. So, like, you know, I, I don't feel like anybody is like that. You, you know, I'll say this. Um, the whole Jimmy Butler comparison – Ironically, I think he's closer to Shaq. Yeah. 
Because Jimmy Butler is maybe a top 20 player during the regular season. But when the playoff comes, when the playoff comes around, absolutely. Yeah, shit. Put him in the top five, maybe even top three. But during the 82-game regular season, he kind of coasted. Now, is he reliable to turn on that switch? Absolutely. And if Jimmy Butler, look, if someone, if a team decides to pay, pay Jimmy Butler $45, 50000000 with the understanding that, A, hey, just going to take it easy, um, I'll stay in shape during the season, but I'm really just going to turn it up during the, the playoffs. Like, hey, just get me to the playoffs and I'll do the rest. I will trust Jimmy Butler. Shaq, once he won that first championship, he pretty much was like, hey, um, you know, I'm I'm going to turn it off, turn it on during the season. Like my example, we've been, like I said, we've been doing this month of Mambo uh, watch parties. Um, every night in playback. And there's the game, December of 2000. So when Lakers um, played against the Warriors, and this is the infamous game where Kobe and Antoine Jameson each scored 51. Take a look at Shaq. Take a look at how big Shaq was during that game. Then I want you to look at Shaq in game six. Go back well, we're talking about six months. Go back six months and look at how Shaq was game six of the 2000 finals when the Lakers won uh, the championship, first championship for Shaq and Kobe. Look at his physical condition then. Look at the, the game in December six months later and, um, and look how big he got. And then go forward six months to uh, when – they were when the team was playing against um playing against the the 76ers in the finals and look how Shaq got back in shape Shaq turned it on now that season that 2000 2001 season the Lakers we did go 15 and 1 in the playoffs so Shaq was right he turned on the switch reminds you know so Jimmy Butler closer to Shaq Kobe hated that type of behavior he hated it. He wanted to go pedal to the metal every single game. Um, regular season, preseason, postseason, pickup games. Um, he could, he did not have a cruise control. Sorry, hate that comparison. Tony, what's your thoughts, man? I mean, yeah. That, so what? Wh- why are you saying that there's no other player like Kobe Bryant? I just like rather than so, rather than, than than putting that example that you put out there, just list probably the top five reasons why there's not another. Okay, so ironically, right? Why when I say this, it's we just there was a just a video that was circulating on Twitter, social media, where it was a guy, um, I forgot his name, um, but a guy who he wore number twenty four and he hit a jumper, crazy move. Yeah, I mean, the FIBA, I, I the FIBA World yeah. Cup, and it was like, oh crap, you saw flashes of Kobe. Okay, but the reason why I say that there's no one like Kobe in the league is because of the competitiveness. Um, we you know throughout this month we watched we watched the one half of the '92 All Star Game, 
and we saw how crazy those guys were playing defense. We also saw the um, recently the 98 All-Star game, the 2002 All-Star game, 2003. We even saw 2009 All-Star game where Kobe and Shaq won, um, won the co-MVPs. And we just look at the level of competitiveness. Now, I know what people are saying. Hey, All-Star game, like, come on, man. It's just it's an exhibition. The level of competitiveness that was in the league 10 years ago, 15, 20, 30 years ago, those guys that, hey, if you have 10 guys on the court and it's five on five and you got a ball and two hoops, they didn't give a fuck. It was going to be competitive. Now this league, this league is about, hey, what superstars are going to pair up with each other or, hey, I'm not going to play because this team doesn't have another superstar. We have guys who put on fat suits. We have guys who miss seasons for I'm going to I'm going to be delicate with my words with non-physical injuries. Referring so, to Ben Simmons. So can I throw something out there? Go ahead. We just saw the most competitive season in the NBA for the longest time. Do you, do you you think that statement is true or not? We just saw the most, no, I'm, I'm a hundred percent true and I can prove it. Here's, here's, here's the facts. How, how do the Lakers start their season? Two and 10, right? Oh, and five, two and 10. Correct. How long, has a team ever gone to the playoff being two and ten? Never. Okay. Like, never. Like that's okay. never happened. So Lakers proved history. Now you can say, oh, that's because the Lakers were good enough. Well, if you look at the conference, if you look at the spread, if you look from first to what fourteen, it was tight. You had five teams competing for the play-in. You had, and this is West and East, everybody. You had Charlotte Hornets spanking. <laughs> like You had the Charlotte Hornets spanking Luka and Dallas. You had teams like, that's probably the most weirdest and most competitive season I can see. Like, and competitiveness, I mean, maybe you can say in terms of talent distribution, which is kind of spread, spread out pretty evenly, but to a certain point, like, and and this is this is where where I kind of have a problem with like you see a lot more focus in 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 people because like let's take James Harden away because there's no other player like James Harden in my opinion. Okay. There, there's no other superstar out there that would literally put a fat suit. So I consider him kind of like a one of one. But let's if you if you look at the league, you look at players that are actually focusing on their bodies focusing on their on their ability to basically be healthy they're looking out for their for their for their well-being and those things kind of factor into the to kind of like what the game is nowadays remember you got more people right now that they know them they they kind of follow each other since since their AU games or since they're they're like they're cons- they're consistently this is kind of like more of an ecosystem of just like, hey, 
brotherly, friendly, like, hey, we're just co-workers. Like, it's more like camaraderie than there is, like, what was in the 90s, what was in the 2000s, which was like, I'm going to beat your ass. And look look at who's trash-talking in, in the NBA. You got, what, An- Anthony Edwards? You got uh, uh, Patrick Beverly? You got... Dylan Brooks, like I, at, at the end of the day, it's just a different type of league, and it's and it's kind of representative also of the society that we live in. It's it's kind of like we are more, we are just more. Um, uh, sorry that I say this word, but it, we're kind of more softer, more protective of our own well being, and kind of and that kind of translates to the players being respectful with their own well being. Also, the fact that, and I'll stand on this, Steph Curry kind of, and he 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 elevated the game to another height, but also providing that three-point shot, providing that everybody wants to have a half-court game, have a like a half-court shot where it's like, okay, let me let me just three, two, one from half-court, or three, two, one from from five feet away from the three-point line. Like, everybody wants, like, the game has evolved to a point where it's just shot-chucking from the three-point line. There's more nuance to it, but at the end of the day, like, like, here's here's an article that I that I just pulled up, and I, and, and, and I'll end on this, Zen. Uh, who's the next Kobe Bryant? I just typed it on Google. I just, I just typed that. Just, just so I can have like that, like oh, okay. The so the result is one article pops up, exact words used. Who is the next Kobe Bryant? That's the headline of the article. They list five NBA players. Five. I disagree on all five, <laughs> but can you name one of those five? Um. Did they mention Jimmy Butler? No. They, uh, here's uh, uh, just oh, Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Devin Booker. That's one. Yeah. That's one. And from the article, and I'm just gonna paraphrase this, and this is from Sports Kita or something like that. I, I don't know what the space is. It kind of uses Twitter to kind of for for a minute. But Devin Booker is perhaps the closest thing to Kobe Bryant on this list. He 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 plays the game to his competitive mentality. Devin Booker is almost the spitting image of Kobe. Nah. If Kobe, uh, if Joe Bryant was white, if Joe Bryant was uh, a color of butterbean. Again, like this, this article kind of, kind of shows like we're looking at kind of like his game and you, and I can say for a fact that his uh, Devin Booker's game is similar to a certain point. Like and again, I think everybody can point a player in the NBA that's similar. I can find another article here. Who is Max Christie? And the article kind of states, Brian Tony, question mark Tony, don't, Los don't, Angeles don't, Lakers Tony, fans. Don't, no, Tony, don't. No, do wait, that wait. This is actually kid. from. This is actually an article. People write this shit. Again, who is Max Christie? The next Kobe Bryant question mark. Los Angeles Lakers fan spot striking resemblance between Christie and the late NBA legend. Do you know when this was written? That's why this world is going to hell. When was it written, no. Tony? 
July 11th, 2023. So this is not like last year. This is not like <laughs> drafting him or like the prospect. Like people are making this assumption. Insane. Like, okay. It's insane. So that's why I'm okay. And 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 I like Max Christie, but but here's what I like about the article though. The one thing that people don't understand is it's it's part of the Malma mentality and it's the work ethic. And that's it like Kobe Bryant would would people will say let's go to the club. People will say let's do this, let's do that. He will say let's go to the gym. And and even even um uh the late Laker uh Cole Swider, the ex Laker, like he 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 kind of said it like Max Christie goes above and beyond when it comes to the work ethic. And I think that's the most important thing about Kobe Bryant. And I think that's the most uh focused thing you can say when you're evaluating a player. I don't know if Devin Booker is like that in terms of his work ethic. But the mentality to basically be, I'd rather go to the gym and work out. I'd rather refine my game. I'd rather do this than just go through the norm. Like, he was going against the grain in the the league. And I don't see nobody in the league right now that does that, unfortunately. Yeah, and if you want to be compared to Kobe, you can't complain about double teams and pickup games. I just had to say that. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, you know what, Tony, before, because I want to get on. Okay, first of all, let's, there's a lot to, there's a lot of bullshit to sift through here. So can you uh, give me I, the I just, rest I just of the list? It, I just spit facts, but hey. Okay, what's the other, okay, so, okay, so let me respond to everything. So let me respond to everything, because I still, because you still got some other names on that list I want to, but oh, my yeah. first point. When you said the competitiveness this past season, I will agree with this, that there were because of the here's another thing, right? The the league, just to even show that the league is not as competitive as it is. Look at the the play in situation. So the play in situation, which is entertaining as hell. Look, I will tell you this. Last season was my favorite NBA season ever. Because you know what? There wasn't a clear-cut favorite on who was going to win the title. Um, also, besides the – because what? We have 10 teams. If you include the play-in, you have 10 teams that, that makes it at least one game past the regular season, okay? At least 10 teams from each conference, so that's a total of 20 teams, makes it to at least an 83rd game. Look at how many teams were in the running, you know, up until like the last night or two of the season. You had at least another four or five teams from each conference that, oh, man, hey, if if we win and that team and that team and that team all lose, then guess what? Shit, we're in the play-in. So I did enjoy that. I did enjoy it. But when I talk about the competitiveness, I'm talking about the on-the-court product. Like, once again, I'm looking at the All-Star games as a reflection point. Look look how bad this last All-Star game in Utah. I know Utah makes everything looks ba- look bad. I get that, okay? They are the most unseasoned state in this country. 
But, <laughs> okay, um, they that was the worst all-star game. That was like that was horrific. It was like the the, the nowadays to say, hey, we're not gonna play for the first three quarters. And the last quarter, that's when we'll kick it up. The NBA has changed. Look how many rules they have changed. First, it was, hey, um, you know, the last quarter, first one to score to reach this number. We don't even have a shot clock in the last quarter. I mean, a, a, a game clock in the last quarter because they've changed the rules. Then, well, the first rule was, hey, we're no longer going to East-West because that was the problem. Now it's like, you know, the higher, two highest vote getters, from each conference or the highest vote getter from each conference. And they're going to do a draft. And then they changed the rule. Of, hey, um, you know, whoever hit this uh, total points uh, reached this score in the fourth quarter. That's the winner of the game. All the rules that they have made, it still doesn't change how horrific the quality of the game is because guys don't play defense because guys just uh, part the paint like the Red Sea. It goes back to competitiveness. Um, now, if you if there's more highlight plays, like look at Steph Curry. Steph Curry broke the score. Or- I'm really trying to figure out if there is a game. Like, Evan, do you remember a game where, like, you say, like, man, the competitiveness is not what it was. Like, because like I'm 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 struggling. I'm I'm legit struggling. And maybe like I watched every single Laker game and I was like, out of those Laker games, I cannot find one single game where I'm like, Yeah, they just didn't they're they're just not competitive anymore. Like, am I tripping? No, I don't I don't think you're tripping. I think, you know I I think there is, you know, kind of a perception of like, you know, effort because there are you know there are definitely you know it seems more obvious when guys are you know taking time off there are you know and you know taking plays off and stuff like that you know but i don't think it's changed that dramatically but but you know but it is also more more of a product of you know the competitiveness that we see is a product of parity it's you know there is you know such a good distribution of talent in the league, but, but I do kind of get what Zen is saying because there's not that same kind of tough edge that there used to be in this game. Yeah. But if you look at the game, it's not, it's not as like, I I was looking at the old like Laker games going through the, through the Mamba month. And there was a game, I think it was, it was uh, Bulls versus Lakers and it was Kobe versus MJ. And I saw them like going at it, and not only them, the both teams. And when I say that, it's like the level of physicality, the level of like, like they were, they, they were on it. But I wouldn't say that's like we don't see that in today's game. It's just it was a different game back yeah. in the day. Like like it was officiated different. It was, it was, um, it was viewed differently. Like. Think about it this way: a a a now a guy landing on on a shooter's landing spot is now flagrant. Yeah. Now, what was back then a flagrant one is like back then was just like a a a I don't know, like a play on. So it's like it's it's very like 
that's why the game, how it's officiated, takes away from kind of like how the game's being put. Like comparing comparing eras, you, you can't compare them. Like and and yeah. it it kind of feels that way. Like it, it kind of takes away from the game and it takes away from the competitive edge. And also, if you have so many like friends in the league, like hey buddy, like <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. like if you well, look at MJ, just- like hey, I'm, I'm gonna fuck you up. I'm yep. gonna fuck you up, and and, and and Kobe had that same mentality. Like, oh, I'm gonna drop, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop fifty on you. I'm gonna drop eighty-one on you. I can care less. Like mm-hmm. that, you don't see that anymore. That's the problem. Like it's, yeah. and, and but that's not. But what I'm trying to get at is that's that's a product of the game that we're missing, rather than saying that there's no competitiveness. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's very fair. And I think the other thing that 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 has changed in today's game that really makes it so different when you look at the old game is that that entire mid range is is a dead space in today's game. Like from twelve to twenty feet, like nobody really occupies that space anymore. There's like, you know, you look at shot charts and it's all up in the basket. Or threes, so like you know that that entire mid range space is not not being utilized, and so like there used to just be so much stronger contests on mid range, and so it looks more competitive, and looks and so you know guys are just having to run further and like you know missing their spots because you know the spacing is so much further than it used to be. So I think that's the other thing of why you know it it has this perception of being you know less competitive, but. But I do agree that, like, we don't see anybody, like, I don't see anybody that has that mentality. And, like, you guys were talking about Max Christie on the list. I, you know, I do, like, as a Laker fan, like, I look at him and I also look at Austin Reeves and I, I kind of, I kind of am hopeful that they could be Kobe-like someday because they've kind of got that gym rat mentality. But, like, you know, we, it's like, give it time still. Like, you know, maybe, like, if they've been in the league about yeah. five or six years, then we can say, okay, they are, you know, Kobe-esque. But, but at this point, like, I, I just don't see it with anybody. And I feel like the, the Devin Booker one feels like just such a force. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's such really, a, it's, yeah. people are making that comparison just because Devin Booker is, you know, talked about how he loves Kobe so much is what I feel like. And it's just, it's, it's not quite there. It's his, you know, you know, he does, kind of you know try and imitate kobe in his game at times i will give him that but you know he does not have that same mentality of like you know you made kobe you know mad and he was going to make you pay for it like you make booker mad and he sometimes dwells on it and gets petty about it so like that's that's the big thing that like i I can't compare him to kobe and, and that's and that's more like the character. Like, yeah. there's no, there's no one player that's gonna have the same character. Like, there's a lot more players in the NBA that has a LeBron James character of just complaining consistently, consistently with with the mm-hmm. refs. Like, look look at Luca. Like, one of the things that Luca, like, he's probably the number one example that I'm like, I like watching Luca play, but then I gotta have to like watch something else because if I watch him talk to a referee for more, for, because it's always like a highlight and then like talking and talking and talking and talking, it's like, mm-hmm. yo, give it a rest. And 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 it's and yeah. So Zen, just to just to bring you back in the fold, um, I was 
I was just adding to the point that in the game, like think think about it this way, like the game used to like what's a flagrant foul now? What's like a touch like now you touch a player now you breathe on a shooter now you like they the nba kind of took away the physicality which when you lack talent when you really lack talent you can you can kind of make it up on effort on hustle on on the defensive end on 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 like you know how many good defenders there are in the league but they can't be good defenders because they're not really they're 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 falling out they're pulling in foul trouble and it's because the league is is judged now differently like now they're protecting the shooter and back then like you know what was a flagrant foul now back then was just a no call so it's like it's just a different breed of of game like even like that mamba game that we used to have and i'm sorry listeners if if you're if, if i'm repeating myself but i just wanted to bring back rebel because of his internet you know, fu internet, but just saying, like, to the fact that when you when you bring uh when you bring that that um oh no not 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 lost track, but <laughs> what, what I'm trying to get at is like when you take away the the physicality, when you take away all all the all that nuance, like it just it drives the game. It just it just drives the game away from what it originally was for at least for me, and, and that's and and maybe the new heads, maybe the new kids view the game like oh it's amazing, but for us it's kind of like it's a it's great it's evolved but it's a different flavor, and sometimes it's like if 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 I have a metaphor it's like ooh I I I like I like this Coca Cola, but now I'm tasting diet. <laughs> it's now it's diet. Like it's like shit. What is this? <laughs> it's the same thing, but it tastes fairly differently. <laughs> yes, it's definitely different. Definitely it's tastes. It's healthier. It's healthier. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, I think that that comparison is fair, and you know, it has changed a lot. I mean, you know, it's changed a lot. You know, from the eighties, you know, to the to the aughts, to the you know, teens, to now. Like, it's it's. And it, it made that drastic change when, you know, everything converted to shooting three-pointers more. And, you know, like, and all these, you know, stretch fives. Because, like, you know, back in the day, like, there was, you know, there was a handful of, you know, stretch fours, stretch fives. You know, like, it was it was really rare. And, like, you know, now it's, like, practically a requirement. And, you know... So yeah, it's it's a completely completely different game. And like, you know, like that's one of the things that I really miss about the game is that there's just no more real post game anymore. Like Yeah. You know, it's it, everybody's still face to the basket. Like, you know, like what like Brandon Ingram for for an example, like, you know, he's he's such a great player, but like with his size, like I feel if he could just have a few back to the back back to the basket plays, like it could make his game so much better. You no, know? I, I, I agree. I agree. And that's, you know what, that, that, that conversation will probably have to go into more detailed. Uh, yeah. Zen, do, 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 do we, do we, do, do we have you back, buddy? Yes, you this have me back. Little... You have me back. 
Hey, there, there we go. go. There we go. Um, yeah, we were we were just laying the groundwork of fine tuning my 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 argument and, and my point. Um, yeah, like I win. But of course. What's up, man? Of course. <laughs> um, look, I will just say this. Uh, I know you guys. I know you guys have moved on, but I will just say this about Kobe. Like the whole thing with Max Christie, I would just want to remind folks. Kobe's rookie season, he won um the slam dunk contest we knew hey oh shit we have a star here um we have someone to look out for kobe's second season is when he had that game in chicago in december he scored 33 jordan scored 36 he went at jordan he went at the guy who was considered the greatest two-time defending champ. And it was just like, hey, I'm taking this on as a challenge, but doing it in a way where he played defense. He wasn't just worried about the offense. Um, He did the same thing in an all-star game, 1998-2003. I would say with the Max Christie thing, it's like, hey, Kobe was doing a lot in his second year. He was like, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so but, and yeah, Devin big Booker, shoes. very big. Shoes. He got big shoes to fill. He got big shoes to fill. I would say with Devin Booker, I will say this: um, Co- Devin Booker got better as a player when Chris Paul came on the team and kind of guided him in how to be a leader. Um, he Kobe didn't really need a sensei. Um. So, so I'll just say that it's big shoes to fill. I think more entertaining. I think the um, yeah, I will say I think the league is more entertaining. I think the league is in a better place. I'm glad that guys are healthier and more mindful of their of their bodies. I think guys are more educated, but when it comes down to the competitiveness that takes place between the 93 feet baseline to baseline. I'm just saying, and I just don't think it's as competitive. No, that's just me. Yeah, we just have to move on uh, because I feel like the the conversation. I think it's more nuanced than just saying that it's not competitive. Like if 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 anything, it's it's different, but it's more the NBA kind of kind of just changing the rules. That's just it. Yeah, and I think it's parody is the word that's. More that's bigger about today's game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yep. So, Team USA, where where you guys are, Team USA? Oh, we have not discussed that. Uh, Evan, what's what's your take on Team Team USA? USA? Uh, It's a mixed bag. A mixed bag. You know, like getting to watch Austin is awesome, and like his his improvement, like. Man, like, oof. I'm getting really excited for the season of like, you know, I mean, because he's already like taken another leap. Like, he he just he continues to work and work hard, and like it's obvious in his game. But like, this starting lineup that that Kerr is running, and like, you know, I, I just feel like Halliburton and Reeves should be the ones starting, and like. You know, Brunson 
like Brunson really should be the third in the step chart. And like, it's a little frustrating that he's starting and like, we, we keep getting off to these slow starts because of it. And yeah, so it's like, and it, it's also bugging me because it's, it's making me, you know, agree with Jim Park who hates Steve Kerr so much. And I, I you know, I actually like Steve Kerr. So it's like, <laughs> you know, come on. So like, I'm not sure what he's doing with, you know, maybe it's, you know, but it is, it is also hard. Like when you get these guys together, it's, you know, you know, first time a lot of them they're, they're playing together and you know i, I kind of get that but it is it is kind of frustrating the mixed bag because i feel like they've got enough talent but i'm worrying if you know this starting lineup is you know holding them back personally yeah that's that's similar to my uh, to my point of view like that starting lineup is 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 garbage it's basura but um i'll even i'll even say it i'll even go uh, farther I would go way farther. Um, Jalen, Mr. Jalen Brunson, Mr. Uh, Josh Hart. Um, <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. Go back to go back to New York. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, go back to to, to New York. <laughs> um, take 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 the bus. By route. bus. By bus. Yeah. By bus. Like, uh, <laughs> because it's it's a uh, it's sometimes it's frustrating. And and it's not here's the thing, it's not Brunson's fault, it's how you use him. It's like there's too many guys that are like there's way too much ISO, way too much ISO for that starting unit. Like that's why an Austin Reeves, a Halliburton, uh, they are so valuable in this team. Like, and let me take just my I'm not gonna take it off, but let me just take out my Laker hat for for a moment. What makes Austin Reeves and Halliburton valuable to team usa is the is the fact that they can play make they can actually connect players they can actually feed the ball to multiple players and and brunson does a great job of it too when when he wants to but if he's looking for a shot if he's going like it's just it's a different it's a different vibe it's a very different vibe you got a lot of iso go, going on but when you combine halliburton uh, Austin Reeves, Anthony Edwards, and whoever the other two are, you normally have success. So I think Team USA has the recipe, and I think Austin Reeves is learning. And by the way, the, I'm, I'm going to do an imitation of it, but it's like, uh, what was it? An- Anthony Edwards in the tunnel saying, Austin Reeves, you're him. Austin Reeves, you're him. Like it's. <laughs> I was laughing. Absolutely, I was laughing my ass because it's it's the fact that and 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 here's the point and my Tatum being lesser than Austin lives on, and it and it only lives on for the fact that you have the entire Filipino community <laughs> backing Austin Reeves. And <laughs> the point, like, does does Tatum have a nation behind him? That's that's my question, Zen. Does he have a nation behind? Him? You know, I doubt if he have uh, all of Dorchester behind him. So I'm just saying, I doubt if he has all of uh, Dorchester. Um, he's him. He's him. You know. <laughs> he's him. He's him. You know, look, look. The thing with Austin Reeves is that you know the the picture last week 
of uh, during the USA showcase of uh, Austin dunking and Halliburton jumping up for joy. Look at the team when Austin is on the floor. They're playing with more enthusiasm. Like, Evan, you'll appreciate this. It's crazy that the white boy on the team has us looking like the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> because, you know, like, the way they are playing, it's just such continuity. And, you know, like, it's just it just flows well. He's playing unselfish. Last night, uh, yesterday morning, uh, he uh, we're recording this the day after the um, – USA versus New Zealand game, which I w- I do have a gripe about New Zealand. We'll get there in a minute, but um, he had what twelve points and six assists. You know he he's playing the hard nosed defense. Uh, he's being unselfish. He is bringing enthusiasm because I'll tell you, Brandon Ingram. We're talking about Josh Hart and um, Jalen Brunson needing to go back to New York by bus. I'll I'll do I'll you know I have something special for Mr. Uh, New Orleans uh, uh, Pelicans. Um, Brandon Ingram, please hop on the dirtiest riverboat and take your ass back uh, to uh, <laughs> to New Orleans. Like please, <laughs> like just just sail away. Just the dirtiest riverboat because he he's saying, oh, I'm. I'm frustrated. I just need to find our way, but we're winning. You know what? I'll tell you this. I saw the I, look. I'm holding out hope for Zion Williamson. And we've seen some pictures recently where he's he's looking like a young Sean Sean Kemp. It will be really interesting if Zion do what he's supposed to do this upcoming season. Please listen to this recording. You're gonna the first person that's gonna have problems with it is gonna be Brandon Ingram. Because yeah, because that's supposed to be Zion's team, but Zion hasn't played. So if you're griping so early, you're on the fucking team USA. You know what this is. Um, first of all, he's not gonna make a he's not gonna make the Olympics. So, Brandon Ingram, you're not making the Olympics. So, uh, you're not going to France next year. Um, so, you just cost yourself a team, uh, a spot with, uh, you know, to France. So, uh, maybe you can go there with James Harden for, like, Fashion Week or whatever. But, yeah, um, you're not going. Okay, you guys. Okay, I'm just making sure I didn't lose you. Uh, no, yeah, no, you know, Tony. No, Tony, you don't blink. Like you literally had the same position. You did not blink for like. Ten. I'm like, wait, is he gonna blink? Yeah, that's, making sure that's my called, computer didn't that's freeze. That's called um. Yeah, that's called uh, ca- That's called. Uh, Catatonic. Act- no, no, that's <laughs> called acting to the highest level. But anyway. Oh, um, no problem. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I got a question for you guys. We're talking. Hey, I got a question for you guys. Austin Reeves, is he an all-star this up? Is, is he an all-star this season? Ooh. I think he is. I think he's gonna be an all-star. All right, let, let's go. I'm on that bandwagon too. Okay, okay. Let's before before we go dive in too deep into that. So <laughs> I I have here the all-star votings of last season. So they divided it into in two parts: front court and guards. Go go figure. So uh, I'll I'll 
put the list here. You guys tell me who's in, who's out. Number one, Steph Curry. Number two, Luca. Number three, uh, Ja Pew Pew Morant. We got uh, Pew Pew's SGA. not gonna make Pew Pew's not gonna make it. Mm. Yeah, well, he may not play enough games, he's gonna miss 25 games. At the 25. He's gonna oh, miss, yeah. he's gonna miss 25 games. So does, that doesn't work. Space. All right, so that's gonna open up a space. So then we have Che. Uh, then we have Clay Thompson, which I think that one's gonna fall. Yeah, yeah. Clay's not making. Yeah, it. that's that's another like unless he yeah. has a resurgence. Yeah, Clay's not making it. A uh, Russell Westbrook, that's another one. No, <clears throat> no. Uh, Damian Lillard. I mean, if he's if he's out, like if he's out out of Portland, then he's out of this list. Um, then we have Devin Booker. And then we have Austin Reeves and De'Aaron Fox. That's it. So, uh, I don't know because it, I don't just Evan. Tell me, like, who, is is it possible? How 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 does Austin Reeves turn into a All Star? I think it's possible. It, it, as long as he is able to stay a starter, you know, I think he's going to get the numbers because I think as a starter. You know, he's probably going to be about, you know, 17 to 20 points a game this year. Like the way he's playing, like if he gets those minutes, you know, he's he's going to put up those, those numbers. So um, and, you know, with Ja missing 25 games, you know, Clay looking like he's, you know, you know, unless some some miracle happens, I feel like he's going to slip. You know, I mean, father time comes for everybody, you know, so. That to me, you know, I see the clear path, you know, as long as he's starting, you know, so like, you know, unless Ham gets some wild hair up his ass and decides to put him on the bench, I think he's going to be an all-star this year. Yeah, look, I think uh, with Austin Reeves, so from a voting standpoint, you have to look at the Lakers having one of the largest fan bases if not the largest in the NBA. Um, you know, you would think his shoe company, Anta, they're going to do a promotional campaign uh, to get him an, um, to be an all-star. Um, it is a, still a popularity contest. I'm not discrediting him at all. Also, I think Austin Reeves will probably get as much votes from folks in the Philippines as uh, Jordan Clarkson. Just saying. Um, he's putting on a show. I think he's had the best summer of any player this off season. Um, and his star power is growing. Plus, you know what? When was the last time the NBA has had an all-star? Hear me out, guys. When was the last time the NBA had an all-star that, that wasn't a number one draft pick? Or wasn't a uh, wasn't a lottery pick that we would foreseen? Oh yeah, they're going to be a future NBA All Star. Now by choice, he went all, he went undrafted, but he went from hey one of the last guys on the bench. Last season we saw the ascension. Every opportunity he got. So when was a and so and a lot of people appreciate that. A lot of people say hey you know what, 
he just keeps growing and growing and growing and getting better and taking advantage of every opportunity. So, and also of all the players that we listed, you're going to have some injuries. You're going to have some uh, spots free up because guys either it's going to be a trade deadline that they don't want to play uh, just in case. So, cause they're going to get traded or injuries um, or load management book it book it austin reeves an all-star that's uh that's interesting by 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 the way the numbers that i was showing out was the second um fan return um the third fan return actually is interesting because austin reeves moved up above devin booker (laughs) jesus um yeah, also, there's there's a kind of like a problem here where I and maybe the front court like Kevin Durant goes to the front court, then you have Bradley Beal going to the Suns too. So there's a lot more talent going to to the West this this upcoming season. Um, depending on the oh fuck did James Harden get fourth? Anyway, um, I'm just saying like there's there's um. Yeah, damn! Look at that. Yeah, it's just uh, there's a lot of things catching my eye here. Like I'm like, okay, interesting. Like I, I, I didn't know Julius Randle was even in this list. But hey, you you live and learn. Um, yeah. The uh, I I don't I don't think Austin Reese is gonna be an all star. I want him to be an all star, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I think there's just too much talent out there. <laughs> now it now now now. If you have a situation where, let's say, unfortunately, some people are injured during that time span and slots open up, and then it's kind of like Austin Reese's having that production, yeah, then then he's going to get in. But he's not going to be the first choice. Like, it's going to be like an Andrew Wiggins kind of situation where it's kind of like, uh, okay, you, you sneak in. Yeah, and he has to get the attention of the coaches for sure because, you know, fan vote, I think fan vote only counts for 25% these days. So, like, yep. yeah, like, you know, even even all his Reevesies are not going to be enough to put him over the top, you know. <laughs> which which yeah, if, you, you know if you figure this out, it kind of sucks. Sorry, sorry, Zen. It's just it really sucks if you figure out the formulas like like for for a for a business that's catered to the fans, you only giving the fans twenty five percent. That's kind of sucks. But anyway, then well, I will say this: if we get off to a good start, and Darvin Ham is the coach for the All Star um, team for the West, mm, that helps out. Look, I'm not saying it's going to be a fan vote. I think it could be a fan vote. We've seen the NBA do some. We've seen the NBA do some, um, you know, focus on the popularity. If it was Alonzo Mourning, you know, um, when he had his kidney transplant. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a slot with the votes, but I might, I would put my money on him getting, being a reserve. Uh, but yeah, I, we shall I see. hear what you're saying. But I, I I feel strongly that he's gonna straight up earn it. Like he he's got yeah. such a want yes, to he will. and like he wants to earn 
everything that's like that's the one thing that I admire the most about him about a player. Like you can just see it in him that he he wants to. He's got a little bit of that Kobe, you know, mentality of yeah. like, you know, he wants the smoke. Like, you know, and absolutely, absolutely. Um hey, team USA is kicking ass and uh you know, they played their first game um against New or- uh, New Zealand and as uh, we're recording this Sunday, um, what in about twelve hours, less than twelve hours, they go against um, Greece. Uh, second game of the group play, and then a couple days after that, go against uh, Jordan. So Team USA will kick, uh, keep kicking ass. I will. I do want to, before we move on, um, New Zealand. How the fuck do you name your team the Tall Blacks? Without having, first of all, why do you name uh, your team the Tall Blacks? Now, I know it's about the rugby team, and it's, first of all, the rugby team. Why are you naming yourself the All Blacks? Um, But the Tall Blacks, how the fuck you name your team the Tall Blacks and you don't have any Tall Blacks on your squad? Like, Like, little, you know, little hint. It does help if you have some tall blacks on your team in the game of basketball in the history of this league. Now, I know the Minneapolis Lakers of the 50s, um, what, 40s or 50s, what, the 40s will, like, you know, disagree. Okay. But since then, teams that has been successful usually have some tall blacks on the squad. So New Zealand, like... Um, help me out here, please. Add some uh tall blacks to your squad. Um, uh, even though I did appreciate the haka at the begin before the game started because uh, you had all the team, it was like that time when um Fergie sang the, the national anthem at the all star game. That's how team ESA was looking like, what the fuck is going on here? So, uh, New Zealand, please, uh, the tall blacks thing, um, please, uh. Please uh, fix that ASAP, because uh, I do not want to say, "Oh, tall black made a hoop, tall tall black missed the bucket, tall black is up the court." Oh, the shortest tall black just uh, lost the ball. Like, it's it's it's, it's just not confused. It's just not, it's too confusing. Um, and I'm yeah, saying this as a black say, man. As Cheech would say, that's false advertising. <laughs> a- absolutely, absolutely. Plus, we're also watching these games with. Um, with white people during our watch parties and they don't even want to say the name of the team. Like they like, Hey, who are we playing? <laughs> um, um, we're, we're playing, we're playing um, vertically enhanced people of a darker persuasion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So help us out, man. I can't, I can't let you do this. And I can't let you do this. How dare you? Go ahead, like, please. <laughs> How, how dare you? Like, like I was with you laughing when we were watching this on playback. And by, and by the way, cheap plug, playback. You can go watch us on on, on PGM Fan Cave. Um, it's free. It, it's a watch along. Stop watching sports a- a- alone. You can watch it with us. Um, but I'll be honest. <laughs> Yo, they were black uniforms and they were tall. Do you see? You see where it makes sense? You see the connection? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's okay. that's it. Okay, it's not a race. Okay. It's not a race thing. It's not a race thing. Okay, my it's right. a laziness thing. It's All a right. it's it's a it's a <laughs> it's an innocent it's an innocence. Okay. Uh, all right, so you know what you know what my uh Puerto Rican brother. Um, next time when we find a team <laughs> that that uh, is named the Medium Browns, I hope you have that same feeling. Like, don't worry, they're all, no. all dressed the color of a paper bag. No, tall blacks, just just. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like a boring uh, or it's like a it sounds like a boring order from Starbucks. Oh boy, yeah, that sounds. That's, yeah. I mean, short what? Short browns, maybe? short browns, just, just short, short brown with a. I don't know. It, so, look at and 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 just to clarify, we laughed, and I was googling this, and I was. It's funny how you can Google stuff. You can try to research it, and it's like, huh. Um, it's because of a rugby team, which. They were black, and I'm like, okay, but again, it's a culture thing. They do things differently. I, we kind of assume it's it's nothing of the sorts. But when you when you see it on the floor, when you live in the states, and when you kind of see that racism is is a very, very polarizing, a very real thing, and. It's and I'm talking a little real here, bro. But when Zenifer saw uh, told me that, we all collectively laughed, and I'm like, okay, stop, stop shitting. <laughs> What's the name of the team? And it's like, no, it's that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and, and it also it also makes it uncomfortable when Austin it, Reeves, Mister Captain America, comes on the court, and it's like, oh yeah, Austin Reeves, he's killing the tall blacks right now. Just makes it uncomfortable. Just makes it uncomfortable. Let's just like, can we just come up with a different name? So, you know, those who are politically correct, not that I am, but I'm just saying when Austin Reeves yeah. was doing his thing, it was like, oh yeah, man, he's fucking just killing the all blacks, all blacks. No, no, just, but, but, but put context to it because it was, it was, he was, he was killing the tall blacks while the crowd was saying, he's him, he's him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, well, Tony, as we wrap this up, I do want to ask you, does tall blacks lives matter? Oh God. Do we have to go that route? All blacks <laughs> lives matter. Uh, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Oh God. No, yes, no. yes. We went oh, there. Bro. We went there. But hey, <laughs> hey, we went there, folks. We went there. But hey, speaking of a tall black and speak, and this is one hell of a transition. Speaking of a tall black, he said he made a statement that kind of shook up the NBA. Mr. Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, yeah. to me. If he is, I, I think you have to, I have him at number two, best player in the league right now behind uh Joker. Um, he said that, you know, if the Bucks, um, correct, Tony, correct me if I'm wrong. If the, if him and the Bucks are not on the same page, he wants to know that everyone's on the same page. He's not going to be signing an extension. Um, talking about one of the, if if yep. you have them at one, have them at two. 
he's no lower than two best player in the league uh, to me. Well, so well, what are you thinking? Yeah, so currently, just so people understand the contract situation, um, he is now uh, – he's still owed around – a whole bunch of money. Um, he, but basically, he has two more years. Uh, he has at year 30, 48 million, and then at age 31, which would be not next year, but the year after, um, 51 million, but it's a player option. So technically, at that point, he can opt out. He can just say, Hey, you know, I want to test out what this is, you know, what the market is. And mind you, when he is designated to have that player option, is when supposedly the TV deal kicks in. It's when all of that number should be like all time high. Should so it's interesting. Um, I don't know. It's sorry about my dog. Um, but it's it's just um, I find it like the Milwaukee Bucks are gonna are gonna try everything to sign the extension. Now, by the way, shout out to Eric Pincus. He just released while we were re- recording this, and I'm again I'm multitasking. That's why I'm acting because I'm I'm doing two things at once. But um, there's there's a great article, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna segue to that for a minor second because in that article it said something about assets, ranking the teams, the entire teams, entire teams in terms of like the, the thirty teams. Where do they rank in terms of assets? And assets you kind of need because if you want to build a contender, if you want to be, if if the championship window for Milwaukee is is at an all time high, then then how are they going to sustain it? So looking at their, l- looking at where <laughs> where Milwaukee ranks, out of the thirty teams, they rank twenty seven. They only own three of their picks, none incoming, and they can own. They have very limited assets, very limited assets. So basically, yeah, maybe they force if, – if Giannis wants to win championships, hey, the door may be opening closer than not. To, this thing may be real. Like it, it's it's trending to be real, if, if, if that makes sense, because they only have a number of picks. They only have a number of assets. And an aging Middleton, Drew Holiday's also like he's he's inferred that he wants to retire at some point. I'm just saying, like the door seems to be closing for Milwaukee. So I I don't know, Evan. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think that's that's a fair assessment. And like you know the the thing that like. You know, made my ears prick up about that was the you know when when I thought about that is the the two years he's got two years left and that that aligns up with you know who you know because you know who is on a one plus one right now you know and you know so like it is potential that you know he you know he is the guy who comes in after LeBron leaves and you know that that also is like an interesting thing for me to think about like. You know, like, it's pretty amazing to think about how AD and Giannis would look together, but also, like, 
yeah, how the rest of the team would be would be interesting because, you know, I think you could have a nice big three with those two and Reeves, but, um, you know, I mean, you got, I guess you still got Reeves under contract for, you know, for at least because he's, he's under contract for four now. Is that right? Yeah. So they yeah, signed so, him for four years. He's, so it's, he's it's going to line up. Two. Yeah. Yeah. And on, and on a steel deal. Yeah. And as long as we put a good team around him, I mean, that that's a pretty goddamn incredible front line of Giannis and AD. Yeah, but it also, but it also makes me wonder, like, you know, could it be another, you know, oil and water situation kind of like Russ was too. Like, you know, just because, you know, they do, they do play, you know, somewhat similar games and may try and take up some of the same space. Um, you know, so, cause, cause you're going to have to start both of them, you know, especially with those contracts, you know, you're not, you're not going to bring in, you know, Giannis and, you know, yeah. So like, you know, it's, it, it's really fascinating to think about, but it's also like, I'm, I'm wondering about the fit, like I'm, and I'm a little skeptical, I have to say, you know, I'm not sure, you know. Well, I'll, I'll say this. So first, um, we've had a, we had a previous episode about this, um, Tony and, uh, you know, your BFF, um, Eddie, uh, cap was, was, uh, you know, was the guest. I ha- I stand by my position. It's not in a player's best interest to really take uh, max money. Um, I think every single player. I know. I know you disagree with this, Tony, but I guarantee you, every single player that's that's trying to win a championship that sign a max deal, they're going to go through shit like this because if you're taking a max deal. And then, but you still want a winning situation, especially with this new CBA. And now I know his deal was signed in the old CBA. Um, it's it, it's like, okay, well, how do I get great players? Well, those great players are going to want money too. So, um, you know, Brooke Lopez was out there for for a while. Um, you know, they signed, they, you know, uh, Chris Middleton. Look at what Chris Middleton did. Chris Middleton did what James Harden did last year, opted out of his deal and then took about what he took about what? Nine, about 9 million less. And then when he did that, then um, they re-signed Brooke Lopez. Like, okay, well shit. Can you imagine Chris Middleton taking less money when a guy like Giannis is making what? 20 million more than him. Now, we know Giannis is the best player on the squad, but guys who sign these Supermax deals, they're going to run into this problem. And I think this is just this is just going to be the beginning of it. And I called this when the, you know, uh, what, a month or so ago, and I'm still standing by it. Now, Evan, to your point, Giannis comes to the Lakers. I do think he's going to replace one of our superstars. But it's the other guy, Anthony Davis. I'm I'm pushing this agenda, folks. I think Giannis oh, replaces. I think this, yes, yes. Call on him in Buddha too. I'm telling you, I oh, think Giannis. If if we make a move, I think it will be Giannis for AD. Now, from a Lakers perspective, we are the purple and gold mines. So we think about shit from the Lakers perspective. 
He is two years younger. He does. Now I know he has had injuries, but he does. He's not as injury prone as AD. So his brother has also won a championship with us. Um, So they know the treatment of the organization. Uh, I think that was intentional that, hey, Giannis, I think they did that as a gesture to him. So, so go ahead, Tony. So now that you bring that up, because I, I was going to bring it up, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> the elephant in the room, you pair Giannis with who? Like, just um, curious, like if, if you do AD, let's say you do. You well, do so AD. we need the money. Okay, so we need the money to line up, right? Li- so we would need the pretty, money. It lines up. Straight yeah, so up, the money is exactly. Up. So yeah. so it's a so it would be a straight up deal. Um, okay. we get a player that's two years younger. Uh, AD, he grew up in Chicago, so Milwaukee's not too far away. Um, and now, right? now was it? We could look at by that time. You're talking about two years. Do we look at your guy? Uh, do we look at Tatum? You know, do we look at Tatum? Do we see who else is uh, on the market? We don't know who else is. Um, we don't know how to market. Yeah, you know, who's going to be available? If it, who's going to be disgruntled? Who's going to want out? Um, LeBron will also kind of be off the books. Um, so... It's going to be interesting. So we currently have, dare, dare I say, two at that point, at that point, let's say not this season, the next season. We kind of have, I think, two first-round picks to pick, I think, a two, 2031, if I'm not mistaken, and pick swaps, a whole shit ton of it. We still have a shit ton of second-round picks. Um, I don't know, man. I don't think that's enough to – get a player. Um we would still have at that point Rui under contract. We would still have if we extend Vando, depending on the years, we can still have him. Um we still have the younglings. Um I don't know. I don't know. But the fact is and and this is probably one of the most controversial things I, I will say, maybe, but I don't believe in Jonas. I believe more in A D than I do Jonas. And that's and you can and you can say, and 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 I believe more in the number one option in terms of team building around AD than I do Jonas, and that's probably controversial. I, but the situation that Jonas had to be in in in, in Milwaukee to win that, like you had to have All Star caliber point guard and defensive phenom in in Drew Holiday. You kind of had to have Elise shooting or, or around him. You kind of had to have Middleton. I don't know. The fact is, for him to be successful in the championship setting, you need more than what the Lakers roster is. Or at least you need some all-star leaps from, like, you need close to all-star leap from, from Austin Reeves. You need all-star leap from... Like well, it, but, it just, but Tony, it, it, but here's it, it, the doesn't thing. make sense. It just doesn't make so, sense. So Tony, here's yeah. a pushback. Okay, so uh-huh. we're criticizing Giannis because he needed to have Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, um, yeah, them playing at a great level to win a championship. AD won a championship with LeBron James. 
So he's not going to be the only superstar on the team. He wouldn't need you're going to have to put a team around him. Oh, fine, I get it. But who's like a Tatum? Nah, that doesn't work. Well, like, we got we're, we're a long ways away. It's not okay. Here's here's the thing. I rather hedge my bet with AD with his injuries, and I believe more in AD than I do Jonas. I would love the idea of pairing Jonas with AD because it's kind of like that that rocket experiment that that experiment where it's kind of like it's probably gonna fail, but I love it. Let's just run with it. Like basketball wise, it may be weird, but it's intriguing. It's like the same thing with Turner and AD. Is like I don't know if that's gonna work, but hell, let's do it. Like it's 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 this thing where it's like it's 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 water vinegar. But I'd rather have that route than just trade AD for 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 Jonas. And if if you disagree with me, comment below. If you agree with Zen, comment below. I I don't give a shits about that, hey, but well, just saying. Well, hey, we shall see. We shall see. Um, yeah, we shall well, see. One thing that a lot of folks was disagreeing with this week: Steph Curry's comments um, in an interview. Um, I forgot who he had the interview with, but he was on. He was did an interview. He said he's the greatest point guard of all time. Now, he did show a lot of respect to Magic. And I'm not even critical of what Steph Curry said because, look, I want a player to feel like they're the greatest ever uh, or at least thriving to be. But it led to a lot of debates. It led to, obviously, you have a lot, like, you know, for for the Lake show, for the uh, for the Laker nation, the Laker fandom, you know, someone saying that they're a better point guard than Magic Johnson is sacrilegious, um, just blasphemous. Um, you had a lot of Warriors fans defending it. You had uh, Gilbert Arenas kind of came out of nowhere. And, you know, uh, of course, he had to say, well, if Magic Magic wasn't a point guard. And if you say Magic is a point guard and LeBron is the greatest ever and LeBron found his, you know, you had the, the LeBron stands coming out of under the gutter. Uh, to say that, um, you know, he's the greatest point guard ever. This is about magic. This is about Steph. Um, Evan, you saw Lake Show. You saw the Showtime Lakers live. You, um, what was your first thoughts when you heard those comments? And, yeah, what's your thoughts about this whole debate that's been going on? Yeah, well, my first thoughts when I heard those comments was um, this: this doesn't even – deserve me to address it was my first thoughts but like you know as as people kept going on and on about it more like and especially like as soon as like mike chimed in about it and you know was you know trying to basically you know tell everybody that you know yeah there's you know magic is one-on-one which i absolutely agree with i was like yeah then i had to chime in too and like yeah like there there's no comparison and like I have no problem with what Steph said, you know, Steph can say what he wants. He's one of the greats and like, you know, and he should feel like that. And I, I have no problem with that at all. But what I, what I hate about that is it empowers the Steph stands who want to push this agenda that Steph is the greatest point guard. Steph is 
probably the greatest combo guard you could make a great argument you know but he is not the greatest point guard he is not a true point guard he is not a floor general he is not anywhere near magic johnson magic johnson is one of one because you know and and the lebron comparison like i can understand why why people make that because lebron's game is very similar you know lebron can play all five positions like magic can but you know lebron has never been a full-time point guard like magic was so you know like magic you know like people talk about like you know magic playing center but he really only did that in game six of you know 98 finals like you know you at the rest of the time he was you know shooting guard until norm, norm nixon left and then he was full-time point guard so you know until we see another six nine point guard that can throw no look passes and that can be an absolute floor general and when i talk about being a floor general it's it's the vocal leader out there and like you know directing traffic put you know telling people where to go and like i mean he was an absolute conductor out there and there is there there have been point guards that come close but nobody had that skill and that size in, in the same combination so magic is one of one just the best point guard ever and unarguable um you know so first of all i was happy about this conversation because first of all i don't have to hear it wasn't jordan versus lebron again okay because that shit gets old it's tiring uh, um i think this conversation is it's it's interesting because so first which the thing with magic and you just said something evan um magic is one of one and the thing that i'm concerned with right now plain and simple to me magic johnson greatest point guard ever done i do un I think it is a, an interesting conversation from this aspect, okay? I think Magic Johnson is, like you said, is one of one. No doubt about it. The closest that we have seen since Magic, you could say, is LeBron. But LeBron is his own beast because of the scoring uh, and the, the athleticism. He was He's a high flyer. He also scores. Okay. Outside of that, what? Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons at this point doesn't even belong in the same book as Magic Johnson. Um, yes, if they're the same size, um, sure, but that's the extent of it. Ben Simmons in the last, he hasn't done anything in the last two years. He doesn't have that fit. We're talking about the stuff, the, the, the intangibles, we haven't seen it, okay? My, I guess what I'm, there's a certain lack of, what I'm concerned about is this, and it goes to the folks that bring up this whole LeBron and Jordan debate. A lot of people want to criticize the competition that Jordan had to play against. I think that's a, I think that's disingenuous, and that's a lack of respect to the history of the game. But with Magic, because there's because that that his style of play hasn't gone to the the next generations. All of a sudden, it's like it feels like his style of play is outdated. With Steph, he is 
influenced the game so much that now guys that are still in the game are playing like him. Kids in AAU are playing like him. Trey Young is a Steph Curry wannabe. Um, so the, the, the style of play has been, has influenced more players, uh, a generation of players to the point where it's just like, well, damn, Steph and Curry, Steph Curry and Magic Johnson are night and day. I don't think you can get two basketball players of the same position that are as different as Steph and Magic, but Magic's game style of play is not seen in the current NBA. So that's all of a sudden you can say, well, Steph is more influential. Um, and then we can even say guys like Rajon Rondo, there's players are not like him anymore. Guys like Chris Paul, players are not like him anymore. We don't have any more John Stockton's. Um, every most guards nowadays are combo guards. So it's almost as if like uh, Magic will always be a one of one because there's no one playing that way anymore. And the NBA has evolved in a way that is more Steph centric. So unfortunately, how does it, it just seems that give it another 10 years and I hope Magic Johnson is not forgotten, but it just seems that how the NBA has evolved, we're going to be hearing this conversation more, especially if Curry wins a fifth championship. It's, you know, so, so Tony, I know you I, got some thoughts on this. Yeah, I got some thoughts on this. And let's really, let's play like a little trivia here, just quick. Player A is, so I, I have player A and player B. Player A. This is this is your stats. Player A has 17 points per game in his career, has 9.5 assists, has 2.1 steals, has a 36 point not as a 36 almost 37 percent three point shot. Um, has had 11 All NBAs, nine All Defensive, and 12 All Star appearances. Then you have player B, 24 point game, 24 points per game, six assists per game, one steal per game, uh, 42% from three point land, four times first all NBA team, two MVPs, one finals MVP. Who's the better point guard? Yeah, well, we know player. We know who player A is, and it's uh, who's who's player A? Player A is Magic. No. What? No. Player A is not Magic. Who's who's what? player B? What Steph? Player B is Steph. Okay, who's player A? Chris Paul. Wow. So my wow. so why why I did that exercise is you can make an argument that Chris Paul is actually closer to what Magic Johnson is. Yep. And in terms of like commanding the ball, being the typical point guard, like Steph, and this is no disrespect to him. Let me let me preface that. Like people's like 
purple and gold mines can be serious. Again, this is a serious show when it wants to be. But and and this is no 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 agenda here. Like Steph Curry revolutionized the NBA. That's just a fact. Like he he his three point making, just his his make a bowl. He made he made that be the norm. He made impossible what was impossible shots look like the norm. Like he made it look easy. But the system crafted in the warrior, like the warrior system. If you if you really look at it, and and this is in again the one the playmaker at times full time playmaker is actually Draymond is actually the the ancillary persons because Steph is like running through screens he's just getting open shots just you know trying trying to get open to just lay a three point shot and again it's not I'm trying to dumb down his game and it may be a bit disrespectful but if you look at Magic Johnson he defined what a point guard is he kind of revolutionized what point guard to the point where we haven't seen that up to probably LeBron. Think about think about it that way. Magic Johnson existed, then MJ, which is a completely different player. Nobody else was Magic. Nobody. And then even even LeBron has similarities, but he's not Magic either. So, to a point to say that Steph is better than magic that he surpassed magic then you're basically saying that he is not only and and by the way on shooting of course steph is leagues above there's no and i think he's on a league of his own if, if i'm being honest he's probably the best shooter the league has ever seen but that alone in context as a point guard it's it 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 felt it falls short. That's my point. That's why I put Chris Paul because like if you, if we look if we I take away the accolades and just look at the assists, just look at the defense, just look at the point of attack that that Chris Paul used to do. Like shit, like you can actually make a better argument of Chris Paul than you can of of Magic Johnson. Uh, sorry, that uh, of of Steph Curry. Again, it's the the new media. Uh, sorry, not the new media. The old media. The the, the again the the and, and I'll hit here uh, first first take. Uh, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, uh, the guys from FS1, whoever the shit they, they they are. Like, I'm just saying they're grasping for straws because they take a little a, a little interview and they hit hard. And they and and they go at a point where it's like, yo, at the end of the day, this is not a conversation. This shouldn't even be a conversation. This is just the offseason being just like an over an oversimplification. But at the end of the day, like, yo, Magic Johnson was one of one. Steph Curry, it's he's one of one also, but they're not, they're just in two different areas, man. Like two different areas, and and then I do agree with you. Like how this uh, how this is trending because he because Steph won his his four championships. And by the way, there's no context between 
those four championships, people are going to fine. But at the end of the day, because he wants he he won the accolades. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's that's gonna be the 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 trendsetter. So they're gonna forget about Chris Ball. They're gonna forget about John Stockton. They're gonna forget about these 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 previous point guards. And they're gonna look at Steph like that is the point guard of the NBA, which it's completely false. If I, if I'm being honest, he's not. He's just not. But hey, I'm. By the way, that's just my point. Yeah, but. absolutely. And I think you know one of the things that we should also say, just to you know, this is something that happened. Uh, it's been going on for a few years now. But remember, the game has evolved so much that even once again, I, I use the All Star Game as a reflection of where the game is. Remember, nowadays you vote for front court and back court. You know, you don't vote for, hey, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. You don't do that anymore. It's front court or back court. So I think you can say this. If someone wants to say the traditional point guard is no longer a thing, I agree with you. But then I will say, well, guess what? For the time that there was a traditional point guard, Magic Johnson is the was the greatest of that. So you can't you can't say a guy is the greatest point when there's really no such thing or when the the point itself is kind of like of um it's like a dying breed. You know, we're in the era of the combo guard. You can't have it both ways. Um so if now guys want to say Steph is the best combo guard ever, that's a different conversation. But come on, guys, get your facts right. We got to have some consistency. Um, and, you know, Magic, his career was cut short. He did retire as the all-time assist leader. Um, I believe his um, his assist, his career assist average is still the highest ever. I believe so. Um, but he got five of those things. He got five of those things. He went to uh, nine NBA titles. I mean, nine NBA finals. He won five. Um, yeah, folks, put some respect on his name. Um, let's let's stop trying to shit on the legends. Like, you yeah. guys didn't play in Converse. You guys didn't play in Converse. So by so by the way, so yeah, so just curious. Um, do you guys know? Top twenty-five. Where does where, where does Steph rank in terms of assists? Oh man, well he's maybe twenty. I'm gonna say twenty-two. Yeah, that's what I would guess is like in the twenties. Yeah. Oh, he's 25. not even. He's not even in the top twenty-five. Not in the twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, he's not even top twenty-five. And and by the way, where where do you think Magic ranks in a shortened career? Number one, um, four or five, four or five. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, seven. Seven. It's okay. It's John John Stockton, Jason Kidd, Chris Paul, Mark, Mark Jackson, Chris Paul, Mark Jackson's uh, next, right? Nope, LeBron James. Oh, LeBron's Steve, the top, okay. Yeah, Steve yeah, Steve Nash, Mark Jackson. Yep. There you go. Okay, is he okay? So so okay. So look at that. Take out LeBron, uh, Mark Jackson, Steve Nash, 
Chris Paul, uh, who is still active, uh, John Stockton, Magic Johnson. Okay, so those are five. Who Jason Kidd? Who plays like them? Like, obviously, Chris Paul. Yeah. Jason Kidd. So who plays like them anymore? Like Chris Paul is still in the league, but like guys don't play young. Like Trey Young, no. Like no one plays like them anymore. So how, you can't. Like I said, you can't have it both ways. Do you know who yeah. makes top twenty-five? That's currently on the league. That's not named Le- LeBron James and Chris Paul. Who? James Harden. It's gonna be nasty. He's top twenty-five. Look, man. No, he's he's top twenty. Look, actually, he's at, literally at twenty. So wow, Tony. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve his four trill burgers. Okay, I'm not saying he doesn't <laughs> deserve it. Okay, I'm not like James Harden. Hey, he put in his work, man. Okay, he earned his uh, trill burgers. Okay, which a hey, trill burger. This is the yeah. second or third week in a row. This is the second week in a row that we're plugging you guys. Just saying, we're looking for some type of sponsorship. Uh, yeah, Tony, we're gonna make a video. Um, but yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve his uh, four pack of trill burgers with the trill cola uh, fries, extra sauce on the side, um, and then you know hold the grilled onions. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. Put some respect on tr- uh, James Harden's name. Okay, so yeah, good for James Harden. He put in his work, yeah. man. He put in his work. Yeah, I I'm I'm pretty surprised seeing this. Here. Yeah, I'm quite surprised. Yeah. Oh, and and by the way, shout out to Russell Westbrook. Nine. In the, in ah, the yeah. So, hey. so, and, 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 and by the way, that's my bad. I I thought it was James Harden. That's it. No, it's Russell Westbrook. He's Westbrook. right there. He's yeah, and yeah, it, you know, really, and, and you yeah. know what. To bring like all these guys, are just they're yeah. a tier below. Yeah, just a tier below, and you know what? Bring this full circle. We were talking about competitiveness. Westbrook, I think he's kind of like the last of that. I'm, I want to stomp on everyone who anyone who's in front of me. I think he's like the last one of that competitive, uh, that pet- competitive yeah. nature. Yeah. Um, you know, so he. Yeah, and then of course he's the one, yeah. one guy who's giving it to you every night. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and here's the thing, right? Here's something interesting. Uh because I completely forgot about Westbrook uh when we were talking about the competitiveness. Um and my fault for that. But with Westbrook, he is so competitive that it's to the point where it's coming now for this generation, it's coming across as abrasive. So just, just saying. It's now. It's now that's, being. That's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Think. Yeah, I think there's something to that. There yeah, he is. Man, but is. hey, but you know what, guys? Uh, after after this commercial break, we got something special about who uh, about what we're watching. Um, we got Jeff shirt. We got Jeff Perlman. Jeff Perlman. That Jeff Perlman. The guy who his book Showtime, that's the sh- that's the book that Winning Time is based upon. Evan, put it for the camera. You got it, you got it for the camera. Yes, I do. Yes, Showtime. The great Jeff Perlman, who has written books about best-selling books about Joe uh, about Bo Jackson. He has written books about Brett Favre. Obviously, he wrote um, the Showtime book that the. Uh, 
HBO Max, uh, the HBO show um, Winning Time is based upon. He also wrote Three Ring Circus about the Shaq and Kobe championship, um, you know, that period of time, that era. So we got a conversation with uh, Jeff Perlman coming up. Have you ever been so high that you wondered if Dwayne The Rock Johnson was known as a pebble when he was a baby? Have you ever been so high you started to solve third grade math problems to prove how smart you are? Have you ever been so high you started to snitch on yourself? And have you ever been so high you found yourself agreeing with Zen's bullshit? Well if not, you need to try Zen's infused treats. Available in several varieties, including Fruity Pebbles, Cocoa Krispies, and Reese's Puffs. With so much THC, your unborn kid just failed their first drug test. If you don't believe me, listen to Shayla from Florida. Famous words when eating an edible. Man, this shit ain't hitting. I got so high keeping my head up felt like it was exercise. Man, this shit's made me so high, I damn near be missing the whole damn spaces. I got so high off Zen's edibles, I asked God to end this high, I promise, and I'll never get this high off this shit again. Zen's infused treats make you feel like being in the middle of a dream and a reality. Don't get greedy eating Zen's edibles and think you can handle this shit, I'm telling you. Don't do it. Don't do it. And Chenny Britt from Boston. A lot of y'all know me as Chenny Britt, the dude who breaks down Lakers games. But for those of y'all who don't know, I'm also a major league degenerate, especially when it comes to psychedelics and edibles. I've gone to charity dinners on mushrooms, been on edibles during work meetings back when I was on Wall Street. Shit, a lot of stuff that you're simply not supposed to do. So when I tell you that Zen's edibles are top notch, I fucking mean it. I know my weed, and these edibles put dispensary edibles to goddamn shame. Dispensary edibles just make you sleepy, and they're overpriced. Zen's edibles bring me back to why I fell in love with weed in the first place, because I just want to chill, feel euphoric, and eat a shit ton of good food. I took these on a trip to Vermont recently, and that shit had me higher than Donald Trump's blood pressure. Lasted a good eight hours, too. I had my boy take some as well. He's what you call a civilian. He took less than one-fourth of an edible, and he was high for the entire night. So if you've had a long week and you're looking to just chill, zone out, eat some delicious food, and watch some TV, these are the perfect things to take. Shout out to Zen. I will be placing more orders in the future. Ship to all 50 states. Currently accepting PayPal, Cash App, and Venmo. For more information, contact Born Rebel. Hey, we are back. We are back, guys. Look, we got a very special guest with us. Um, you know, normally we talk about what we're watching at the end of each episode. But one thing that one show that we have all been watching is Winning Time on HBO. And we have none other than Mr. Jeff Perlman with us today. Um, he's an illustrious writer. He has written books, a multi-time on the New York Times bestseller list. He's written books about uh, Bo Jackson. Also, my favorite football player ever, Mr. Uh, Brett Favre. Three Ring Circus, which is one of my classics, one of my favorites that um, you know helped me get through the pandemic. And of course, Showtime, Mr. Jeff Perlman. How you doing this uh, this evening? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Hey, we uh, just finished watching 
episode four, season two of Winning Time. And, you know, a big part of that episode was the $25 million contract, um, 25 years, $25 million, um, for Magic Johnson. And we know it wasn't received well in the press, especially the amount of teammates, you know, um, that had issue with it, you know, and it just seems crazy to have a like a contract like that now. It's just like no one would sign that contract. And obviously we know the money has grown. But, you know, Mr. Promer, I want to ask you, um, what made uh, that relationship between Magic Johnson and Jerry Buss so unique? Uh, well, Jerry Buss really arrived uh, in Los Angeles, bought the Lakers from Jack Kent Cook, and his first draft that he was involved in. Uh, the Lakers wound up having the number one pick. And he wanted a charismatic figure. He wanted someone who could carry the franchise besides Kareem. He wanted someone who was young and had a vision and had something magnetic about him. And that was magic. So, I mean, Jerry Buss came in with Magic Johnson. So he felt this almost sibling-like, um, you know, bond between Magic and Buss. So that's really what it was. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's times that you, we see in the show, and where they were, like it's like father son, younger brother, older brother, BFFs. You know, it was just a, it was a multi layered relationship, uh, obviously, and they definitely mm -hmm. they made it work. But um, going into winning time, um, this see this show has been great. Uh, this season has been great. I truly appreciated. Like as much as I'm a diehard Laker fan, a lifelong Laker fan, I've been really appreciating the the, the episodes about Larry Bird, um, and just his backstory from his father's, you know, talking about his father's suicide. I think it was, um, I think it was episode three of the season um, when he went into the practice at Indiana State and just you know did the practice in jeans and it you know pointed out yes he really did play in jeans um how how was larry for the younger viewers that really don't understand like larry bird not i want to ask you how did the la how did the press look at larry bird from like the local like local media in la what like you know just kind of school people on Larry Bird for a second. I mean, if you were in Boston, you loved him and you hated magic. If you were in, uh, if you're in LA, you loved magic and hated bird. He was, he really was magic's parallel in many ways. They played together. They played against each other in the, uh, 1979 NCAA national championship magic's Michigan state team beat birds, Indiana state. Um, they were the cornerstones of franchises, rival franchises with a long history. Um, Bird was quiet and snarly and would never be caught dead, you know, chatting up other uh, opposing players during a game. He was an amazing shit talker, would tell guys what they what he was about to do and then do it. And Magic was smiley and happy and wanted to sort of be your friend and he wanted to kill you on the court, but he also he wanted to have bonds with his fellow uh, players in the NBA. And that whole relationship was just, it was a lot of respect. I mean, they definitely respect each other as players. But just considering the franchises, the age of the two guys, the experiences of the two guys, it's still probably the best one-on-one -on -one human 
uh, rivalry in the history of the NBA. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, um, Larry Bird is just a bona fide killer. And uh, I think it, obviously we know that it was that rivalry that helped build the NBA to what it is now. It's like one of the foundations, like the building blocks. But um, going into winning time, um, you know, when you look at um, when you look how this show has, um, you know, pretty much brought your words to life, you know, a visualization of your book, whose performance like is, has there has there been anything that surprised you, surprised you like, OK, you know, I did not see that when I was writing the book. Or is there like, is there some like in the adaptation of your book, what has surprised you the most? I mean, I think the adaptation of my book as a thing has surprised me. Like I, people always say like, oh man, is this like a dream for you? It was never a dream for me. I never, I never thought I would, this would happen, any of this. Like I write books because I love writing. And every now and then someone will come along and say, oh, your book should be a movie or your book should be a TV show. And Sometimes they even give you some money and they option it, but you still never think it's going to happen. So everything about this experience has been a dream for me. Everything about it, from the people I've met, the friendships I've formed, um, being in the show, having my wife and kids being in the show, the premiere party, just watching it and seeing my name on the screen. Like, it's a kind of thing you just... I'm just a guy who went from a very small town in upstate New York who went to... The University of Delaware, who just dreamed of writing for Sports Illustrated. And then all of a sudden you have a TV show and it's a show on HBO with all these mega stars. It's just the whole thing is just a shock to me. I never saw it coming. I I just I never saw it coming. And uh it's been phenomenal, truly phenomenal. So the whole thing has been just a shock, an absolute shock. You know, I think you know, after the last dance, I mean so when after the last dance was announced, um, you know, that came out obviously in 2020, spring of 2020, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, when they when it was announced that, hey, um, you know, the Showtime, a show about the Showtime Lakers, you know, I, I think if you ever look at any era of any sports team, you would have to say that the Showtime Lakers is probably first story that people would want to hear or want to see the hall of famers, the rivalry, um, you know, just the success of the team, you know, Showtime Lakers is like one of a kind. And, you know, I was excited about this show. I'll tell you this. I think I have a unique experience. I was excited because like, Oh man, this is, this is going to be great. Uh, HBO high quality, uh, you know, production behind it. And then all of a sudden you hear Jeannie Buss come out and say, oh, no, uh, we had nothing to do with this. Kareem, you had a lot of of the real life subjects come out and speak out against it. And I think that unfairly gave the show a bad rap. Um, I think um, in a lot of ways it, it could have, I don't know, it seemed like, you started to like climb up a mountain before you guys even premiered. What was that like when you heard like what Jeannie and magic was saying and, Hey, we're going to put out our own projects. Um, Do you think that like hurt the show? 
I don't actually. I think it brought attention to the show, to be honest. And um, I wasn't hurt at all by it. I really wasn't. Like a lot of the times, I don't think the people actually saw the show or they just heard from a friend that, oh, you should be angry about this or upset about this. And also, like, I don't know. I, know, I never thought it was bad that the Lakers did their own series or Magic did his own series. I love that era. I think that's cool. I love hearing about all that stuff. I think it's neat and interesting and a great period in basketball. So, Honestly, I think if anything, it gave us more attention and more juice. And, uh, you know, it was overall, honestly, I don't, I don't think it had a negative impact at all. Well, yeah. I, you know, one thing I think for any sports fan, any sports fan, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice by not watching this show. You don't need to be a Lakers fan. I don't even think you need to be a basketball fan. Um, it's a compelling story. I think uh, the story of there's so many layers to it. The story of the kid from Lansing with the bright smile moving to Los Angeles. That's a hell of a move. Any person from the Midwest going up to California and then let alone you're the number, you know, number one draft pick uh, Jerry Buss buying the team. This and, you know, the, the, the story with coach Tarkanian, it's a, it's a great story. It's a like it's a great story, and you're doing the disservice if you're not watching it. Um, I want to ask you? I got to ask you about Jason Clark's performance. Um, you know, as Jerry West. Uh, to me, he's been like the the diamond in the rough of this show. How? Um, what was Jerry West like back then? Uh, kind of like you see him in the show. Maybe not quite as frantic as he's portrayed. Right, but very, you know, very neurotic and nervous, and couldn't watch his own team, and you know, really, he he wasn't really made to be a coach because it's hard when you're that good of a player to empathize with the guy who you know shoots thirty four percent from the field, you know. And Jerry West was such a great player, he just didn't have the patience to be a head coach. And as a GM, he was great, and he was savvy, and he really knew the league well, um, but he couldn't watch his own team play. You know, he was so high strung about it and so nervous about it. So I actually, I know he criticized the show and some people criticize the show. I don't see it. I really don't. And if you read Jerry West's autobiography, West by West, um, he talks about all this stuff in, in detail. So I, uh, I don't know. I find him a great character, a fascinating character, a legendary NBA player and executive. And I don't think the show does him wrong. I really don't. Yeah. You know what? I... I think, like, I remember when Jerry West started speaking out against the show. It was, I I remember one of the first things that I remembered. It's like, I believe he went into retirement. The, one of the times that he retired, um, the reason was, hey, I find myself too worked up and too animated, and I can't watch the games. And I think at one point there was, a, like, a story where he was, like, grinding his teeth. Like, it, he was so stressed out that he was, like, Hey, uh, it's stressing me out too much. So it's just like, hey, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think Jason Clark's performance has been great. Um, and, you know, one of the things I will say, like, you know, I was talking about the Genie bus, what she said early. But uh, I remember like in the last like about two weeks ago, she had a quote where, hey, she loves watching the show because it's the only time for her to see get a, you know, for her to see her, her dad. And I think that was like probably the highest compliment, you know, if there's ever, if there's ever something that could be said 
to really, you know, represent the authenticity of this show. It's her saying, hey, so I watched this because the only time I get to see my dad, I think that's like one of the highest compliments um, ever uh, for this show. But um, okay. yeah, but I I think with this show, it's it's been it's been phenomenal. I love how it's uh, the cinematography of it. Um, I I say it's been pretty staying. It's been staying true to the book in a lot of ways, obviously. There's some deviations uh, for the sake of uh, format and film, but um, I think it's definitely respected, like, the story that you wrote. Um, would you say so? I would. I feel very good about it. I do. Yeah, so, um, you know, so definitely. I huh, There's, you know, quite a few things I uh, wanted to, um, you know, talk to you about. I guess... I saw a tweet, uh, kind of going away from the show for a minute. I saw a tweet that uh, your next project, you're you're writing about Tupac. Correct. Ah, why Pac? Guy, you're you're known as a sports guy, so I'm just wondering why Pac. Uh, because I'm not just a sports guy, and I've always wanted to write. I mean, I didn't just want to write sports books. You know, I like the idea of doing different stuff and. I feel like there hasn't been a truly definitive, all-encompassing interview, 800 people, birth to death, Tupac Shakur biography. And I think he's an iconic, iconic American figure, one of the great hip-hop artists of all time, one of the great musical acts of all time, uh, son of a Black Panther, you know, like just a really fascinating sort of guy to write about. So I am, um, I, yeah, I just, I always thought it would be a good book and just decided finally to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um... No, when I when I read that tweet that you were that was going to be your next project, I was like, you know what? It's probably no better person based upon the deep dives that you've done in you know your previous subjects. Um, I think this would be one hell of a story. Um, when it comes to winning time, what's the you know it's a seven uh, episode season shortened from the ten episodes from season one, which I don't know why, but hey. Uh, that's Hollywood for you. What's um? What can we look forward to in uh, episode five of this uh, this season? Well, the best thing you get in episode five is you get a cameo by Jeff Perlman playing a reporter. So that's one of the. Uh, oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Okay, I, that I is play a reporter. That four. is that is uh, that is cool. Absolutely. Um, Love it. Uh, I love everyone's performances uh, in this. Well, I'm the worst actor in the show, so don't, uh, you know, I suck, but it was fun. (laughs) Well, you know, as long as you had fun, that's what matters. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully they didn't give you the most lines, the most dialogue, but. No, three lines. Three lines. lines. Hey, that's uh, sometimes uh, a lot. A lot has been said in three lines or less. So, um, but yeah. You know what, uh, Jeff, it has been an honor to have you on here to talk about um, episode four and just to have you as a guest um, on our podcast. And, uh, you know, you've had an illustrious career. There's a lot to uh, talk about, and I would love to get um, be able to have that conversation at a later time. But, look, we're, we're here as fans. We're going to continue to support Winning Time. Um, guys, watch it, tweet it, uh, let HBO know that 
we won a season three. There's a lot of story left to be told. Um, Amen. So there's a lot left to be told because, um, you know, guys, I know we. I want to see about Lakers versus Pistons. I want to see Lakers versus uh, Magic. There's so much story that needs to be told, and this should not be one of those good shows that gets on the chopping block for whatever reason. So let's show our support now for this show and not wait uh, and say, oh, man, I should have supported it while it was on. No, support it now. It's a great cast. Uh, I know a few days ago I had an opportunity to uh, speak with Sally Richardson. She's been doing um, – uh, she directed a few episodes and one of the executor, uh, executive producers. Um, she's amazing. So you have an all-star cast, one hell of a show. Obviously, it comes from a great book, Showtime, which, hey, it's New York Times bestseller. So if you haven't read it, please do yourself um, do yourself a favor and read it ASAP. Um, Mr. Jer- Jeff Perlman, I guess... Uh, from the Purple and Gold Mines, Laker Nation. We're a huge fan of yours and look forward to watching uh, the rest of the season for winning time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Again, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Thank you all for uh, listening. If you are listening to this and you're only listening to my voice, I do apologize. In the midst of editing this, we forgot to record an outro, but just wanted to give a special shout out to Jeff Perlman, our, our special guest and also wanted to give a shout out to Evan Moore for joining us t- today um, if you do like the content if you, if you really do like what we're doing please it doesn't cost anything just like share and subscribe you know share this to en- to anybody uh, we are in all platforms so appreciate it and also we are working on a special special project so please please tune in to our social uh, to basically Twitter or to the YouTube channel or wherever you hear us but just wanted to give a shout out and have a good rest of the weekend and stay tuned we got some things developing alright guys take care later they wanna claim that we not giving them work like this is minimum